This is where we hold them. This is where we fight. Now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. Rob, what's good, homie? Mike, it's my favorite night of the week. Not only is tomorrow Thursday or Friday, I'm sorry, and I kind of like our new time slot because of that. Like tomorrow's Friday and it's just like, hey, it's Friday. Um, but you know, it's I feel just, like you say that every week. I do because it's exciting. It's the end of the week for me, not for you, because you're still on vacation, but that's coming to an end soon. One week left. The one week countdown is on. Oh, next next yeah. Thursday is my first day back to work. No mm. kids, no kids. Kids don't come back till Tuesday. But uh yeah, Thursday, Friday, I got work. But you know what? See, this is how the teaching game works. I go back to work on Thursday, and then I already have a long weekend. Oh, Labor Day, right? I got Monday off. <laughs> I know. I don't know so why they like, just don't, why don't they just start it after Labor Day? It makes no sense. I don't know. And then, uh, and then that you know, it always it always works out the same way. That next week, NFL starts. Right. NFL starts. My my That's daughter's uh, my daughter's travel soccer season is going to start September twelfth. Like she's having her preseason camp right now. So her first game, I think, is on the twelfth. So, like, yeah, I got, I, I have a lot to look forward to. And as I was just telling you, uh, behind the scenes, I will say this publicly. Yo, I'm, I'm ready to get some checks again, my dude. I'm ready to get some checks under the belt. Rob was, Rob was kind of surprised that teachers, you know, a lot of teachers don't get checks during the summer. Like people are unaware of that. Like a lot of teachers do not get checks during the summer. It's up to you to budget your money. For the summer. And, you know, listen, as you all know, when you have more, you use more. I think that's true of most things. So, like, when you have more money at the beginning of the summer, it's easier to go through it. You get to the end, you have to tighten things up, et cetera, you know. But we're good around here, though. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting some checks. Mike, for me, this weekend starts my, like, bowling, like, amateur, like, tournament circuit. Literally. I know you, 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 you know, plus you have league, your bowling league. So I'm sure that's starting up in a couple weeks. Next Tuesday. Next so Tuesday. So it's funny. It's like you, when I'm bowling a lot, you don't seem to be. And then when you're really deep into it now, I, I might be bowling less this winter than I've bowled ever in the last few years. Oh, so I'm um, at a good league and tournament review. I mean, I, hopefully there's a couple of Mr. X's in my league, which I'm, well, I'm sure listen, there will be. I, I have league review on here is one of our first things to get to, as always. I know that's what the people come here for. But people, I got to tell you, you might be disappointed because this might be the last league review you hear from me for quite a long time. I don't I think shoes to fill. I got it might be it might be in it might be in indetermined uh, when the next uh, league review will be from Big Mike. Uh, and the reason I say that is because, yeah, uh, uh, my my winter sport league is having trouble with participation numbers. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of issues at play. I'm not going to get into the specific issues. 
There's a lot of issues at play, but suffice to say that we're having participation number issues. Uh, right now, I think we have uh, like 17 or 18 people that are committed to bowl the league. Right, it's supposed to be a tri a triples league, so that would only be six teams. Oh. Yeah, not good, right? So, a couple options were make it a doubles with nine teams, make it a singles with eighteen people. Here's what I suggested, and I I don't I mean I we sent the the league sent out a Google form with questions referring to a lot of this stuff, but uh, and we haven't gotten that many results back, but um. I suggested that we go with something on a more optional basis, right? So my suggestion was to do a draw doubles format for the first half. And and this is actually an idea that I got from where me and Bill and Joe grew up. Like we grew up uh, at Levittown, you know, well, I didn't grow up there. I, I started bowling there a little bit later, but we all bowled at Levittown Lanes at one point. Shout to Levittown Lanes. It burned down recently. Uh, but we all north bowled. or south? North or south? No, no, no. That was New York. You're talking about oh. no, no. You're talking about New York. I'm talking about PA. Uh, oh, so, Levittown Levit burned down. That's where Bill. That, that was yeah. his home house. That's where old yeah, Bill grew up. Yeah, it burned. It burned down last year. Uh, and this was a, job. That's an insurance job. No, yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't think oh, so. Because it had a bar attached to it and everything, and you know there was a there was another business attached to it. So yeah, and they own the building. So I don't know. I don't know about that. I'd be careful saying that. But um, <laughs> where when we bowled at Levittown, I don't know how many days a week it would be, or you know how often. But you know, on a regular basis, a group of guys would show up. Let's say it was like sixteen to twenty guys would show up at Levittown Lanes at you know three thirty, four thirty in the afternoon, and they would bowl something called pill doubles. Okay, and pill doubles was where you put up. Let's I think it was six bucks. It was five dollars for the pot and a dollar for lineage. And you literally drew a, a numbered pill out of a, a, a little bottle, okay? And whatever number you got, you went to that lane. And you would be paired up with someone for one game, for a doubles game. And there would be a doubles pot that you're bowling for, and there would be a singles pot that you were bowling for in the same game. And, like, the money, the $5 from, that you put up would be split between – I, th I forget what it was, maybe four, four and one or three and two to doubles versus the singles pot. Um, so we, and we used to bowl this, as, you know, Rob, everybody, like we were junior bowlers, but we were always looking for opportunities to bowl for, for, you know, competitive little money stuff uh, here and there. Right. So everybody's talking about Mr. X, Mr. X isn't bowling the league. He ain't coming. His team isn't coming back. You think his team's coming back? Mr. X, Mr. X is somebody that shot eight seventy nine. Okay, before and and truly believes that that's a reflection of his skill level as a bowler. Okay, and for for for, for folks like that to bowl on the the uh, sport conditions, it's 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 too uh, it's too humbling. It's too humbling. You know, you could you could not be a, a, an egotistical person uh, in terms of your bowling accomplishments or ability. And and bowl on the tougher stuff, especially if you don't have a lot of experience on it. You know. So okay, back to my story. So what I wanted to do, Rob, is I wanted to take the pill doubles format and make it a league, where if you have, let's say, you know, fourteen to sixteen, eight, or you know, fourteen to eighteen regular guys showing up every week, they come in, 
You pay the lineage to the bowling alley, whatever they want for the three games. The rest of the money that you would have put in the envelope goes into a pot. We do three games, three games of draw doubles. You randomly draw a partner. You go, you bowl. You bowl a doubles pot. You bowl a singles pot, right? And uh, it would also be handicapped. You know, we were going to base it off a 90% of 215, give everybody their individual handicap. Whoever gets paired up together, that's how many pins uh-huh. they're getting. But here's the idea. here's the key to that. We would have been able to we would be able to invite people in who want to come and check it out. Who want to who, who you know who hear about it or they see see it and they want to come. They don't have to commit to 18 weeks. You want to bowl one week, bowl one week. You want to bowl two weeks, bowl two. If you really like it, you want to bowl every week, you show up every week. You know, and I wanted to try and do this for the first half to try and build you know, try and recruit some fresh blood into the league, really. You know, because that's what it needs. Like, you 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 know, you can't you can't ask people who have never really experienced that environment before to commit to 18 or 36 weeks at 30, 30, 30 plus dollars a week, I'll say. No, I agree okay. with that. I agree 30, with that. 30 plus dollars a week. You can't you right. can't ask them to commit to 18 or 36 weeks. You know, they want to try it out. Some of them are going to like it. Some of them are not, you know, but even if you get 20% of the people who try it to then do it on a regular basis, you know, at least you're, you're growing things a little bit, but yeah, I don't know. I I really don't know how it's going to turn out. Personally, I feel like the league's going to fold because nobody's really going to be on the same page with anything, but uh, yeah, we'll see. And, you know, I, I, I will update everybody as to how things go. I hope that we get an opportunity to bowl. Uh, but I don't know. It's tough, man. It's tough to get people out to, to regularly bowl on the tough conditions. Speaking of which, league review from last night. It was my last night of summer league. Uh, huh, I was in first place, and I haven't even mentioned this all summer because I, di- I really didn't care, and I was there to practice. And this the, it's it's uh, it's has very little bearing to me that that this was the case. But I was in first place in the league. So I was going I was in first place going on the last night of the league. I think I was ahead by like a point and a half, two points, something like that. But you know, I knew okay, I'm gonna have to win a couple games at least to to secure first place for the league. You know, it was something that I didn't want to go in and just choke and give it away. Come out the first game, terrible. Uh totally played them wrong. Uh one sixty. But I won the game. Second game, even worse. Every decision I made was wrong. One one forty, I think one forty something. The second game, terrible. Lost that game. Now I was a little bit in danger because if I lose the next game, then I'm going into the last game, going into the fourth game with the possibility that I have to win the game to stay in first place. So at the end of the second game, I kind of figured out that, and I was looking around watching some people who occasionally we're throwing a few in a row and having success. And what I noticed was everyone was very under it. Everyone was very under the ball. And I, I was not I was not being very up the back of the ball. I was being very off the side of the ball. And uh, you know, in the in the end of the third second game, I really threw a couple shots that I was dead under it. And yeah, they looked really good. So I went to the next pair and stuck with that. And yeah, the last two games, I was right. I was right. I, I figured them out, and uh, I shot two thirty-five with a missed single pin and two 
235, 232 the last two, I think it was. And both games had a missed single pin. So, uh, yeah, you know, wrapped up the league for the summer. It was a good league. I really, I enjoyed, I enjoyed bowling the league because it was, yeah, I, yeah, I won. Uh, I, I enjoyed bowling the league because it was a relaxed environment. Uh, you know, and it was really just an opportunity to go in, practice, get some light competition in. And, uh, yeah, it was good. You know, the conditions were ranged from what I would consider somewhat soft to extremely challenging. Last night we bowled on Autobahn, interesting pattern, uh, definitely challenging, I would say. Not one of the easier ones we bowled on all week or all summer. But, um, yeah, you know, I had a good summer. I enjoyed bowling. It was also close to my house, which was beautiful because I, I drive a long distance to bowl most of the time. So uh, bowling about 12 minutes from my house was uh, was wild. So uh, that might be the last league report for a while, folks. I hope not, but it might be. I'm not sure. Gonna, our viewership's going to bottom out now because people come here for your league review and then log Yeah, out, I don't. You know? I, I, honestly, I don't think we're here for the viewership. I don't think that's why me and you are still doing this. <clears throat> but uh, it might. You're right. I agree with you. You know, that's why the people show up every week. I'm bowling a Greg Tack event this weekend. I'm bowling the New Jersey Sport Bowling Masters huh. uh, Sunday, two squads, 9 a.m., 1 p.m. Uh, I'm bowling 9 a.m. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll re-enter. It's it's my wife's birthday on Sunday, no, so, so like, you got a ball. So you I'm pushing bowl. it. I'm pushing it. I'm pushing <laughs> it. Even bowling the 9 a.m. squad, but I figured, yeah. well, if I bowl 9 a.m. and I I I make the finals, I can shoot home, do some stuff with the family, then come back, bowl the finals, and then get home and celebrate the wife's birthday. Yeah, so like yeah, because Hal isn't that far from me. So uh, bowling the Greg Tack event this weekend. And uh, we'll see how that goes. But I appreciate everybody's comments in the comments. I'm going to post some of them while I, while I hand it over to Rob here. Ahead, yeah, Rob. he po he posts the comments while I talk. You know what I mean? So um, that's how it goes. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't really have a whole lot. I mean, I was practicing. I went Tuesday. I'm drilling up three or four balls. Um, And, uh, yeah, I'm getting ready for – I'm bowling the USBC Arizona Masters on Sunday. I just saw the roster got put up as about 47 entries. I'm sure there will be some walk-ins. Some good bowlers like Andrew Kane and Michael Hagen are bowling. So, you know, it'll be fun just to warm up. Um, Mike's about to cut me off because he's going through his comments because he doesn't listen to a word I, I say. Oh, I'm um, listening to everything you say, sir. So the next um, the next tournament, Labor Day, Mike, next weekend, the TAT, uh, 15 grand. I'm driving on Friday morning or Thursday night. If you're going to be out there, let me know. Uh, I'll be in Vegas from Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then hopefully bowling Monday. And then the weekend after that is the $10,000 Cactus Open, which uh, is going to be a, a great tournament. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm going to have Theo on tonight, who's in our waiting room right now, um, who actually runs the 10K tournament. But I, I, I want to talk to him about what you talked about, too, about getting people to bowl patterns, right? And I mean, he, he has a decent amount, but I'm curious to find out how he started it and how he got the word out because it's not an easy thing to do because people get frustrated on the pattern events. Um, so I'm going to bring on Theo right now. Nobody wants to hear about me practicing or, uh, you know, I'll have my tournament review on especially, Sunday. Like especially at Bolero. No one wants to hear you practice. I'll pray you practice. No, well, Bolero. Tuesday I actually went to B3. 
Okay, all right. I was going to yeah, say, yeah, you went yeah, to B3, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, tell us about yeah. it, but we don't want to hear about Bolero. Well, the B3, practice. they put out some crazy-ass pattern on the string pins. I think I struck one time in like an hour. So I, I had such a bad practice. But I'm going back Saturday before the tournament to practice again. But I have four balls getting drilled. I don't want to get into all the stuff I'm drilling because I know it'll piss you off. But, you know, got some good stuff. Anyway, I'm bringing on Theo. Uh, Theo's the man um, who runs – uh, the tournaments out in my area, the complete bowling events. So essentially, when I moved out to Arizona, I reached out to a couple friends who are scratch bowlers in the area, and I said, okay, give me the lowdown on what tournaments to bowl. The first tournament out of everybody's mouth was the complete bowling event. My man Theo here runs it once a month. He gets a pretty decent turnout for a scratch pattern event. So I'm bringing on Theo right now. Theo, welcome to the show. We appreciate it. We appreciate everything you do for Arizona Bowling. I appreciate all you guys always coming out. Cool. So I get first, of, I get a lot of uh, nice comments from people when I make them really hard. So since I'm going to keep a tally mark. <laughs> so let me ask you first off, because you're, you're also Theo's a pretty good bowler. Now he won't give himself credit. But Theo's a pretty good bowler in his own right. Um, you just came from the New Mexico Open, which was one of the biggest scratch events out here on the West Coast. Um, I saw you act, You made match play. You made the cut. Um, so tell us about the experience and just bowling the New Mexico Open and what you saw out there. Yeah, it was it was fun. Um, over the summer, well, after COVID and all that, I took like 14 months off from bowling, just ran tournaments, and everybody just kept asking me, like, hey, when are you going to bowl? I'm like, I don't have any desire to bowl for the longest time. And then maybe three weeks before league, I was like, maybe I should probably throw a ball. We got league coming up, you know, through two games before a summer league, I was running one week. And then the next week through two more games and was like, yeah, let's go bowl the King of the Hill. I think you know about King of the Hill over at union. And after 14 months off four games under my belt, I think I qualified second, the first round and led the second round and, then I ran out of gas. Four games was a lot. Um, but, yeah, I just started getting the itch again probably about halfway through this, the year. And I told, reached out to Steve. I was like, you can count me in. I'll, I'll definitely be at New Mexico because um, I, I like when they're hard. That's how I always grew up. I didn't like having to go strike at will. Um, I can't out carry somebody that can throw an eight bagger every game. So I'd rather have it be a spare contest. And that's kind of my philosophy with the tournaments, too. So New Mexico is it, it plays my A game where you just got to grind and, you know, have, pop a couple good games and then get all your spares. And out in New Mexico, I think through the first six games, I had one miss makeable. Uh, I got lucky, started with 250, 250. So after that, it was just kind of on cruise control and you know, manage the rest of the day. And that's why I, I went 250, 250. Then I caught a bad pair shot 160. But in that kind of tournament, when you're still 80, 70, 80 over, you can't panic because you're still just in a managed position. Um, Sunday was fun, though. I got a, got a little bit of a gauntlet for my matches. I caught uh, Jake Peters first. Luckily, he didn't have a good look. Then I caught Maria Jose Rodriguez, another solid player. And then uh, the third match, I, I saw what all the righties talk about when they bowl against a lefty that just has that much room. Uh, I bowled a lefty, and I had I did not have what he had on that pair because I he had room. He had probably seven boards, and 
his miss was wrap seven. And I'm like, cool, my miss is a bucket. Um, so, oh, he felt the pain of the righties. You should have saw, <laughs> oh, my God. I felt every <laughs> bit felt of the pain it. of the righty as a lefty. A little bit of medicine there if you take. So, I okay, so. <laughs> So, I mean, look, like, that's a great – you had a great tournament for somebody who doesn't bowl and considers himself a, a, a more of a tournament director than a bowler. Um, but I think we need more of that. And, uh, you know, we, a time at time we have Greg Tackon who runs all the scratch hard tournaments out in Big Mike's area in New Jersey. And he's a bowler too, and he loves the tough stuff. And it, that's a tournament is very successful too. So I see the common trend here, Mike, right, don't you? That you have your bowlers who love bowling on tough patterns – and then they start their own bowling tournaments and they're successful doing it, right? I feel like this is a common a common denominator here that that's where like it starts, right? It starts with someone like you who loves bowling on tough shots and realizes what that the Arizona area where you were here, they didn't have that kind of tournament like presence. So I guess what was your idea to how to start it and like what was your, you know, how long have you been running it? Um, so the the whole idea behind it started with uh, every year me and uh, Matt Jones would travel back and forth to New Mexico. And that was actually kind of where the idea started every year, you know, we would be driving back. And then one year I finally just said to Matt, I'm like, dude, why the hell don't we have something like this in Arizona? Like we have, you, you've seen it. We have a ton of talent out here. I mean, we had 87 entries a couple weeks ago, um, which by the way, big Mike, I didn't get to call him his nickname because he, he missed finals by five sticks. Uh, he told so us. Still, you still yeah. were able to announce it, though. You did. You did. <laughs> you did. During the cashing, he says, Rob Golden Shoes perished on. And I was just like, I love it. You man. should, the next event he bowls, you should switch it to Rob Patch Pirate Pirishad. R. Please, at, please, at, 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 my, at my asking, please. <laughs> Done. Thank so, you. So you drive it back and you decide that, okay, you're going to start a tournament. So, yeah. You, you what you get in touch with some of the um like proprietors in the area like that run around RH Johnson and so like- so we started off we, we used to have a bowling center out here called AMF Deer Valley um it, it's closed now it was we I was running a scratch league there um in the summers and then we it was a draft league which draft leagues are not popular anymore unfortunately but at least in this area they're not um and I, I mentioned the idea to Craig Spencer, which I'm sure everybody knows Craig. Uh, and I said, dude, how do, you, how do you put together a tournament like this? And he said, dude, first, build your brand. Create a name. Come up with a name. So I came up with a name, and we started doing little seven gamers. Um, I had Jacob Buttruff helping me promote because, I mean, my bubble is this. His bubble is much sure. bigger. So Influencer. he knows everybody. Yeah. Um, so he's kind of my my partner behind the behind the shadows that helps promote things. And our first tournament, I think we had almost 60 bowlers and it was at Deer Valley. And from there on out, I just I tried to follow the formula that I learned growing up uh, and seeing what I like about tournaments, like what makes them successful and just try to keep following that. I mean. I was lucky enough to bowl JBT with, you know, Jeff Hema running everything and he did a phenomenal job. So basically just said, okay, what does Jeff do? That's what I need to do for our adult tournaments out here. And, you know, fortunately we've been pretty successful and 
it's it's to me like though what you do the best and i bowled around the country right i bowl tournaments all over is your price point is is spot on right it is spot on it's like 70 dollars or maybe 80 dollars and that includes the pots and um the the timing of it is is perfect right it's you know usually a sunday morning it's at 9 a.m you're only usually in the center latest if you make the finals to maybe like 2 p.m and then you're home right so you're able to go bowl tournament bowl seven eight nine games on a tough pattern you're not in for you know two three hundred dollars and you're only out of the bowling center for you're only out really you're not in the bowling center all weekend essentially right like right. something if you were to bowl a regional you have to bowl saturday and then you have to come back sunday so i think you you have everything really spot on the the, the shots the way the crosses you know either the pots the brackets it, it, it works and you know keep doing it and i keep saying it like it's run great there's no you know it's you know it's a lot of good bowlers come out on the area you normally getting 50 60 70 entries Mike, it sounds a lot like what TAC does, right? Out of New Jersey, right? Essentially, it's the same type of like like tournament, no? Yeah, well, the key, the, the the key, I mean, the commonality between both events, the main one to me is, you know, that you're not charging people an arm and a leg to bowl, right? right. And like, if you're going to make them tough, and you want you want to get decent numbers, which is gonna you're going to have to draw some people from that that non sport bowling crowd. Right, you're going to have to draw people from the house bowling crowd, so to speak. Uh, you know, they're not going to want to put up two or three hundred dollars because they know that it's likely not going to be a successful investment. Right. So I, I think that the key uh, to getting the numbers uh, is certainly has to do with the price point. But I had, as I was listening to you guys chat, I, I, I had a couple questions, and I think you you sort of answered one for me, Theo, and what you said about. Bowling JVTs for uh, out, out in Arizona when Jeff Hemer was running them. This shows you how old we are. We bowl JVTs with Jeff Hemer. Uh, so yeah, I remember when I first started bowling JVTs. Jeff Hemer was like one Older of the better us. bowlers out there. He was yeah. he was a maniac. I remember he was a complete <laughs> uh, mental maniac, and he bowled with <laughs> he bowled with no thumb. I remember that, so he was extremely ahead of his time in that. No, regard. he didn't. No, he bowled with a thumb. No, he, he didn't. Bowled. Yes, he did. No, I don't. Maybe I don't he agree with you. Maybe he anytime switched. I've seen Jeff, he's got his thumb in the ball. Uh, well, I, I remember him as a no thumb guy. So no, I don't. Check up with him and let us know. But uh, so my first one of the questions I want to ask you was like, how how old are you? Like, what generation or when? What were the years that you were coming up in bowling? I'm thirty five. All right, so you're about set. Okay, so yeah. yeah, yeah, but see, you still came up in an era where a lot of shit was easy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and and you know what? What really frustrates me every every week with tournaments, and I'm still trying to put, wrap my head around it. The big question that I get every single week or the week before is, "Hey, what's the pattern? Are you going to announce the pattern?" It drives me insane because growing up, I'm sure you guys know, like you showed up, you had your benchmark ball, you stood in one spot, you threw the ball and saw what it did and made an adjustment. Now these guys are like, what's the volume? What's the length? Can you tell me the ratio? I'm like, just show up and bowl. 
<laughs> you know what I do? I, I want to know the pattern because I have 25 bowling balls to pick that I got to bring. Yeah, no, no I got I got to say, as a, as a bowler, I disagree with you, Theo, on that. I do. And the reason I'm going to say that is because it's so fucking hard, bro. <laughs> it's so hard to figure them out anyway. And, like, even if you give me all the information, I'm still not going to figure them out. Even even if you say, play this part of the lane, you, you know, use this ball – I'm still not going to figure them out. So, like, yeah, yeah I, I need all the information, bro. I need maybe, to know everything. Maybe it's else. just me, like, because I'm left-handed, so I just play the gutter on anything. It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fair. Uh, it's a matter of which, which, I, I uh, how much that. surface am I going to put on the ball. Yeah. Oh, Jim, Jimmy Jimmy in the chat saying Bill O'Neill would agree with Theo. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know he would. I absolutely know yeah. he would. Um, uh, the other so, the other question I wanted to ask Theo, and, and – Rob brought up the you know the the tact the great tact tournaments that I bowl around here, and at those events, if he has a hundred entries, I'm gonna say and and some events that I bowled this year did have a hundred. I'm gonna say thirty thirty plus are junior bowlers. Is that true of your events? Is it is it a large number of junior bowlers that are that are kind of you know nope. boosting the numbers? No, nope. not at all. Um, okay. Where where we see our numbers boost, so when we're out on the west side at our um, Sun City Centers, which is like the retirement community, I, I hold most of my tournaments out here because I get such cheap lineage, and that's what allows me to have a cheaper entry fee and have a decent payout. You know, like these guys can pay 70 bucks, go out and make 500, 600 bucks, depending on how many entries we get. And we get anywhere between 40 and 55, 60 entries every month. But whenever I go out to the East Valley, like Mesa, last month, or last month, yeah, we had 87 entries. I don't know why, but the guys on the East side don't want to travel out West. We paid out the same, even though we had almost 40 more entries because like my, line was <laughs> my line was like, double. My line was double. I'm like, God. come on, guys. I could have paid yeah. you probably a grand to win. Instead, I'm paying you the same with 30 more entries. I love how he says people don't want to travel. Mike, it's an hour. It's it's it, not even yeah. an hour. It's like 45-minute drive. Um, I think I lost Mike, but whatever. I, I don't need Mike for this interview. <laughs> um, but even better, though, Rob, you know how it is. We have, what, 10 Tucson guys that come out? It's like you not want to travel the extra hour. To, I'm <laughs> If I'm if I'm if I'm bowling and I'm motivated, I'm gonna bowl like, and, and that's just like where it is. I don't really care where it is as long as it's like under a certain distance for me. Like you know, I, I mean, right. I, maybe I might not travel two hours, right? Like just because I don't want to drive and I'm lazy to do that. But um, okay, so <laughs> let's talk about this event coming up. Um, so you, this is your first ever complete bowling event, 10K Cactus Scratch Open event, right? Yeah. Um, so for the people, it starts on nine, nine sweepers. I see you're running three daytime sweepers. Unfortunately, yep. people like me who work for a living can't pull a sweeper at noon. I wish I could can't do it, but you're running three sweepers. Correct. Um, yep. Friday. Yeah. And then Saturday runs, you're running how many qualifying squads? What's the games? Um, yeah, how so, many? So Friday is just the little three-game sweepers. Instead of doing a practice session, I figure we'll do sweepers. That way people can come bowl on the pattern and, you know, see how it plays, but also have a chance to make a little bit of money back. Um, plus, in practice sessions, people tend to play 
all different parts of the lane. You don't really get a true read of how the pattern is going to play or break down. Um, so that's why we're doing that on Friday. And then no, Saturday. So question, wait, wait, question, question. So if you don't see, if you, if you run these sweepers on Friday and you see something you don't like, will you think about tweaking it or changing it for Saturday? Nope. I have uh, okay, no okay. clue about patterns. So <laughs> okay, uh, I was just wondering. Just our, wondering. Our, our thought behind it was I actually reached out to Janowitz and he created a pattern. And I oh, had good lord. Oh Jesus. <laughs> I had uh I had Mike Dermeyer pre- uh test it out because he's not bowling. So I figured we'll get sure. a right hander test it. And then I had Jacob test it. And um the thought behind Jacob testing it was if it's too hard for him, it's too hard for the tournament. So I think it, it's going to be a good pattern. Um, and obviously on anything, as you see, you know, with New Mexico, like you're either going to hit it or not, but there's going to be a lot of guys that are right there about average. Um, and that's, okay. that's the info that I gave. I said, I just want my cut number to be around even each squad and I'll be happy. See, that's awesome, Mike. I, I love the fact that he's actually taking the time and getting his patterns tested, and he's doing a lot of like work behind the scenes. I mean, it's your first ever, and it's a big tournament. It's a lot of money here, so yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people. So you're, how many squads are you running Saturday? We're running three squads, 7 a.m., 12.30, and 6 p.m., and okay. uh, the top nine off each squad will make Sunday. And then right after the last squad, we're doing a two-game Desperado, and the top five from that will make Sunday. So That's you'll know awesome. on your squad if you made it or not. And I, I, I like doing that because I hear a lot of times, you know, people complain about squad equity. Well, here's your squad equity. You picked your own squad. That's who you're bowling against. If you picked a squad that all that, you know, you want to bowl with all your friends, then, oh, well, that, that was your choice. You guys are going to knock each other out. So uh, can only bowl one squad. Yeah, just one squad. Okay. Yeah, Mike, and I'm bowling the 1230 squads, FYI, because I didn't want to wake up to bowl at 7 a.m. And six and the late squad's too late for me because I'm old. So I figured I'm probably going to be bowling the strongest squad of the tournament because everybody probably thinks the way I'm thinking. So uh, I'm whatever. Like at this point, I don't know if I'll stay around and bowl Desperado if I don't make it. But I don't plan on not making it. So, you know, um, <laughs> I, I'll just take my lumps if I if I miss it. So. And then, okay, so Sunday match play, right? Big, what you got a bracket going on, right? Three game total. Yeah, it's a 32 man bracket uh, based on the seeding from each squad. And it's a big complicated thing. That's, that's why they pay me the big bucks. But um, top eight will have a two round buy. And then. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, Bard's chiming in. I have to always pull that. Sorry, Theo. Go ahead. <laughs> So there'll be uh, eight players that have two round by, and then nine through 16 will have one round by, and then our first round will be 17 through 32. Um, and they'll bowl the first round, and every round is three games total pinfall. Cool. Great tournament. I'm looking forward to it. Um, uh, question, and event. I know I, I was out for a second because uh, my internet was having an issue here. Um, where Where's the money coming from? for this tournament is it all from entries or you got sponsors here or no we've got we've got some sponsors and we're still reaching out for more sponsors and i've got a business venture coming up so i may be throwing some in myself to help promote myself um what do you do what like what what do you do in your uh, in your regular life outside of bowling i stare at computers all day at excel documents i i'm a lease analyst at PetSmart, so i just stare and save I try to save money for PetSmart. That's what okay. I do. Okay. 
Okay. So. You look serious. I mean, somebody alluded oh. to the fact that you have a whiteboard behind you, so yeah, oh, yeah. I no, mean, I mean, that no. automatically makes you serious. So yeah, you see his Facebook the, picture. He's scary at his Facebook picture. I, I'm actually the, at the uh, the center that we're bowling at, but we have our league meeting in a little bit, so I had to get here a little early. Okay. So I saw I saw Mike Fitzgerald chimed in. So just curious, Theo, is there a fifty and over division? For Mike Fitzgerald, <laughs> or are you? Um, we we you have know. a senior check. Mike Mike might be uh, going after that. Okay. Yeah, inside joke, inside joke, folks. Rob Rob uh, misidentified Mike Fitzgerald previously. <laughs> He's actually younger bowl. than me, by the way. He's actually yeah. younger than me. Yeah. Um, so anyway, nice, nice job, Rob. Wrong. Dude, I'm getting a haircut Saturday, so I I, I look younger when I bowl next weekend. Um, <laughs> anyway, Theo. We really we appreciate. I know everybody, at least in Arizona and the bowling competitive scratch bowling world in this area. Like, thanks you for the tournaments you run. If it wasn't for you, we'd be stuck bowling at Bolero tournaments that are non-existent. Um, you know, it definitely helps guys like me who want to continue to compete. You know, on just even an amateur level on the weekends. If it wasn't for you, we 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 would really have nothing, honestly. So we appreciate it and. uh yeah, um, draw out some plugs. Uh, you know, yeah, who are the sponsors? Yeah, who who are the, sponsors? I set I set that up for you to right. knock it out of the park, and you <laughs> I got it. You, got I got it. you just let so, it you let so it right slide now, right we've by. Got, uh, we've got Jacqueline Smith. She's a realtor. Um, we also have uh, everybody calls him the grumpy old man, Dennis Brummett. He uh, he used to run a lot of leagues out here, and he's just a individual that said, "Hey, you know what? I want to donate and." and help out your tournament. So he throws some money at us. Wow, it's amazing. Uh, as, as well as one of our ongoing sponsors, uh, Chuck Lucas with Chuck's Painting. He actually, Rob probably saw the pictures of my garage. He does epoxy and everything. I mean, he does a phenomenal job. Made my garage look like a showroom. And then also uh, Nick Cienciola with uh, Ramsey Auto Center. So he just took over that shop, and so he's trying to help get his name out a little bit more. And and the, these these folks, these local folks that have uh, sponsored the event, are most of them bowlers or no? Yeah, all of them are bowlers. Okay, all right, that's awesome, man. That's great. I mean, yep. you know, whether they are or they aren't, still great. But uh, but yeah, no, that's that, that's tremendous that you guys have uh, people in the community out there that will really support things. Yeah, one more sponsor, Ryan Riley. I forgot that he he just recently uh, he gives me a hard time all the time, so it's fine. Ryan Riley with uh, Ten Back. Pro shop, so okay. So you got some, hey, some pro shop sponsorship there yeah, too. That always it. helps. If you're in the area, if you live around here, if you're in the Arizona area, like support these businesses. Honestly, like especially I the would, bowling community. The bowling I, I community mean, listen, needs. If something, if something sponsors bowling, I go out of my way to support it. You know, especially my, if it's local. Eventually, when I buy a house, I need to paint it. I know who's going to go paint my house. Yeah, I know, right. You know, I know He's a car. I mean, it's how it goes. The bowling community needs to support sponsors who are supporting scratch competitive bowling at, at this level. You know, when you go to buy the house, you have a realtor. I do. Who's the realtor that sponsored the tournament? Yeah. Uh, I mean, no, it, it is. It's important to have that. And listen, I, I want to say this because I know I know uh, people listen to this show that matter in the bowling community. Uh, the the ball companies, honestly, they need to support people like Theo and Greg Tack. They do like the, when they know an event like this is going on that's being organized on a local basis and has some sponsorship, et cetera, or or a tournament series. Even you know maybe right. maybe not an event that's paying ten grand for first. You don't really need it if you got if you're paying ten grand for first. But you know, in a, yeah, in a more monthly event or something, 
it, it would always be helpful for these guys to get a bowling ball or two and oh, be they, able to raffle yeah. it off. And, yeah, you know, they, uh, Adam Ishman with, with Brunswick actually supports the club. So good, good. I'm glad to hear away. that. As, I, as I, I, I know, Ish, I know Ishman from back in the day, actually. Ishman's a good dude. I like Ish. He's, he's, a, he's, I, an East, he's an East Coast uh, Penn State guy, I believe, like I've, Pennsylvania I've, guy. I've, uh, Ishman's a good friend of mine. I've, I worked for K&K for a while, right? Um, Ishman was my guy. I've been trying to get him on the show because he's got some stories himself from being on the road and being in the bowling world as long as he has. Um, you know, so Ishman's a great guy. He'll support. He supports bowling. The companies do, but yeah, I think Mike, you know, it, it, you're right because I know, like for instance, the tat. I know Storm is behind the tat, right? And they run once a week, once a year. I could see, or three times a year now, I could see the bowling ball company jumping on a Theo, you know, especially doing a, a, a new event like this and paying out 10k. You know, the uh, the bowling companies now might take a little bit more notice that Theo is saying, "Yeah, this guy is now starting to run some real serious tournaments." So. You know, um, hopefully some people in the, in the bowling ball company community hear the show, which I know a lot of them do listen to, um, and maybe could uh, help Theo with another sponsorship would be amazing. That'd be awesome. No we do have room still, so if anybody wants to sign up, just shoot me a message. Yeah, come on, get rid of the house shit. Come bowl with the come bowl with the big boys, people. Let's go, let's go. Twelve thirty p.m. Come on, my squad. Get on right. my pair if you want to. Let's go. Side yeah, people <laughs> people don't want to bowl on the tough shit, man. It's sad. It's a it sad is, state buddy. of affairs. It is. It's a it sad is. state of affairs in bowling right, right it now. Is. It is. I'm left-handed and I want the hard stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hear you. I just wish that there were more people who had your viewpoint. You know, there's there's not enough of them. But Theo, yo, thanks for the time, man. It was nice to meet Theo, you. Theo, we appreciate it. Thank you, guys. I'll see you in All Vegas, right. Rob. Oh, you'll be your bone the tat? I'm dusting off the shoes once again. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, come on. <laughs> let's go. Amateur division. <laughs> All right, Theo. We appreciate it. I'll, right, see, guys, you. I'll see you next weekend. Appreciate you. Uh, right, Cor- me- Cortez Schenk won that event over the weekend, he right? Did. Yo, that kid. I mean, he Isn't he from at- that area? He's from the Arizona area, isn't he? Yeah, he works at B3. Him and okay. Wesley um, okay. work there. Um, and uh, yeah, he actually. Bowls the complete bowling events too when he's able to. Um, dude, I've crossed again next to him. That kid is a player. He is a good, good bowler. That kid. Um, I mean, obviously he has to be. He's I, made a show before, right? I know. I know he's a great player. I've heard his name for I feel for like a decade already. But I have to say that, you know, he's like twenty something, I believe. Young I've been kid, hearing. I've been, yeah, yeah. I've been hearing his name yeah. for a while though. And, you know, I just – I wonder why have we not heard his name on tour more? Like, does he have something else going on that that he hasn't been out there bowling on a more regular – because, Rob, there's a lot of young kids, young guys. I mean, look at the kid, uh, Eric Jones, this past weekend. He, you know, he was one game away from winning the Super Regional in 10 grand, and he's only 17. So, I don't know. You know, I, I when I see I know, these I know younger guys today it's whose tough. name I've heard for 10 years through the junior gold and this and that, I just always think to myself, why haven't why haven't we seen a kid like that, ball, you know, bowling on tour, yeah. winning, you know, making a show, maybe winning. Making shows on tour. So I think that's where, like, people don't – like, Mike just uh, commented, you know, he's won two regionals, made the yeah. shows with the players. Yeah, like, 
he's there's no doubt like you know i think mike's more alluding to like the the major pba shows. yeah like the, yeah yeah, yeah. The tour the tour shows. look it's and, and really the, the regularity the, the the regularity yeah. is what I'm referring yeah, to. Like easy. I know I mean, he, he's had he's had an event here, an event there, no yeah. question. I'm saying Dude. like why why as such a young talented player who's been talented for that long, I, I I kind of expect to see him more regularly and haven't. That's the only reason I ask. But yeah. whenever whenever he makes the decision personally to do it more regularly, let me be clear. I I I totally expect to see him to be like one of those guys that's a factor all the time. Oh, he's going to be one of those guys, trust me, where all of a sudden it's going to be like where he come from, honestly. Like he's that good. Um, <laughs> you know, Jimmy, um, Jimmy's going oh, off Shank. on one tonight. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy's off Jimmy's on, on one today. Yeah, Jimmy's saying, on one today. I love that his last name sounds just like getting stabbed in prison. I there guess that's go. a that's, great bowling nickname. I guess if you're going to have is, one, it is. You know, hey, Cortez going to get shanked. That's what I would call myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but like, anyway, like, yeah, like Cortez is going to be there. Trust me. It's all of a sudden it's going to be like, oh shit, show close to show, right? But like, it shows you how good these guys are now that are making shows. Guys like EJ Tackett and Simonson and Belmo, and you know, think about all the consistent names you see on the shows all the time, right? Those guys are just so good that it, uh, uh, an amazing player like Cortez even has a hard time like making shows on the national tour. Wesley Lowe, right? He's another one I, I, I eventually we're going to start seeing more of. Good friend of mine, drills my stuff, right? But it just shows you how good these guys are that are out there making shows consistently. It's not easy to, to be successful on the PBA tour. It's not, honestly. No, but yeah, like I like I said though, I, I've heard his name so consistently at every level over the years. Like, oh, look out, Tim! To have uh, to have success. Yo, Tim Ward, great friend of mine. Um, you know, uh, actually uh, met Tim during our sport league at Lake Forest, uh, and he knows how hard the sports shots are. Uh, and he's one of those guys that tried to you know bowl uh, the sports shots and was like, oh, this is not easy. I'm like, dude, trust me. I know, man. I know. Um, Rob, it anyway. happened to it happened to me Tuesday night. I went over to the center where I bowl uh, my winter league, or have bowled my winter league the last few years, and the center was nice enough to put the three patterns out that we were going to use for the league this year. So me and one more guy went out. I was just throwing a couple shots, just kind of seeing what the pattern, you know, if if it was what we expected it to be. And there was this young guy uh, next to me. And he was, you know, bowling two-handed, had a couple balls on the rack, and he was shooting like a 220 game. And, you know, I noticed like he was kind of looking at what we were doing, looking at us throw the ball. And, you know, we were struggling. We were missing the head pin. We were throwing shots all over the place, okay? And at one point he came over and was like, oh, like, you know, what, what, what are you guys bowling on? It doesn't look like you're bowling on the same lanes as me. And I was like, no, we're bowling on, you know, what's called a sport pattern. And he's like, oh, is that sort of what like the pros bowl on? I said, yeah, well, this is maybe a step below what they bowl on, but yes, you got the idea. And, yo, he came over. He was like, oh, I've always wanted to try that. I've heard about it, but I've never tried it. I said, yo, come on over. Throw as many shots as you want. This is a short, medium, long. You know, we talked a little bit. He threw a few series of shots, maybe about a game, game and a half worth of shots. And he was like, oh, man, like, this is so much harder. This is, this is, this is not easy. I want to do this on a regular basis. You know, you said there's a league where I could do this. So, yeah, like, I think the the real problem 
with, with that particular issue is it's the bowlers who have bowled on the easy stuff for so long that they they really believe that they're they're as good as the easy stuff has told them they are. But anybody who really doesn't believe that they're as good as the easy stuff has told them they are has no problem going out and bowling on the tougher stuff because you understand that it's that hard. So. I do think that I'm going to be optimistic here because I do think, and I know Phil Placco's in the chat and he's very involved with youth bowling. I do think the youth bowlers today are a lot more uh, intelligent and smarter to the um, the sport and the house side of things. I do think that the youth today that are bowling understand that philosophy that there's sport bowling and it's harder and there's little patterns and they're harder than maybe when we were younger. And, um, you know, they were easy mostly anywhere you went when we grew up. The only thing that was really hard when we grew up is when the fact that the bowling center themselves was was hard. And that's what really, like, made the lanes hard. It wasn't that they were putting out patterns. It right, was that. Right. It was hard by, by natural selection, yeah. By natural um, selection. And listen, up with lanes. I wasn't I wasn't going to highlight this too much because like I'm not you know I don't I don't I don't want to put so, people's people's business out there and whatnot. But yeah, Rob, for the first time so, ever so on our fun. show last week in your in your final thoughts uh, segment, you mentioned uh, Bella Love Castillo, right? The the two handed girl that you saw, right? And you yeah, who, yeah. who won the uh, the PBA thing down south, and you were commenting on you know how well you think she threw it, and you know the kind of you know, gave your thoughts on that. Well, guess who reached out to us throughout the week? Her dad did through email, okay? And one of the things he said in his email is that she mainly only bowls on sports shots. That's it. I mean, you know, listen, say what you want, but once you learn the game in that environment, you, you've really learned the game to a high level. You know, uh, If you haven't learned the game in that environment, I don't care what your average or accomplishments is, you could have 5,300s and 5,800s on the easy stuff. You really haven't mastered anything about the game. Yeah, you really and haven't I think mastered Junior that Gold, much about it. It's I'm like look, dunking on give, a five foot net. And I'm going to give props, and I know you know you're not a big fan of the, the Junior Gold circuit, but I will give props to Junior Gold on that aspect of it. Is Junior Gold? Yes, it's going to get kids discouraged in a lot of it, but it is a brutal wake up call that you got to be blowing on this shit all year in order to have any kind of smell and chance to be successful out there. Yeah, that you know aspect I mean? of it I have no problem with. I just don't think you everybody know? should get invited to the you know tournament well, they of champions. There should, there should be stricter I mean, qualifications, but we get all that. But all right, more of we got to move on. Yeah. We got to move, move on. on. We're getting off the rails here. I love right, talking Rob. bowling, though, Mike. I love talking bowling. We can talk all night. I hope whoever has stuck around to this point and is here. I know a lot of people probably pop in and pop out to our show. But uh, if you stuck around and you're here right now, you're in you're in for a treat of a conversation. Uh, I'm not I'm not even sure I'm not even sure how to how to how to go about it here. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be as general as I can. You know, Rob <laughs> oh, and I we we always have an ear to the street, right, Rob? Always. You know, uh, I got, it's I don't I think people, it's a surprise uh, to people if we if we say you know we're we're somewhat connected in the in the bowling world. No. I mean, yeah. I mean, I would say so. I'm, and I mean, at times, things come across our purview. Little birdies come, come talk, come, come trip to us. The streets, the streets get to talking at times. And uh, this was the situation uh, between last week's show and this week's show that we're hearing some rumblings. We're hearing some rumblings out of the out of the PBA uh, players in in terms of the. Scheduling department, 
okay, for the PBA tour. Now, Rob, you and I have talked about this in the past, how since Bolero has taken over, it really seems that the PBA tour has done their scheduling very late, right? Like the tour is, is really supposed to start in January. There's nothing even out yet in terms of what it's going to be or what the schedule is going to be or what events are going to run. You know, and you're talking about guys who have to, you know, rearrange their lives pretty much to be able to come over and do what they do for these extended amounts of time or travel the way that they do. So no schedule out yet, but we're hearing that there might be some major, major changes to the PBA schedule this year. Or maybe I should rephrase that is to say that Bolero and the PBA are considering uh, some major changes to the PBA schedule this year. And one of the major changes that has oh been mentioned. Oh God, I don't want to even, I don't, I, I kind of want to walk away when you, when you talk about this. Okay. One of the major changes that has been mentioned uh, or that we have heard mentioned that Rob and I have heard mentioned is that the PBA is considered. And, and, and again, this is just rumor conversation. This is speculation. This is conversation. So, do not quote me on this. Do not say that this is an official report in some way. Uh, but what we have heard is that Bolero and the PBA are actually thinking about getting rid of a lot of events, a number of events, and reworking the PBA tour schedule to make the PBA league a much more uh, featured product of the PBA tour. Now, I don't, I don't, yeah, there, there weren't many details that came across Rob and I's purview in, in this, uh, in this regard. But one thing that I think I could feel comfortable saying is that, uh, we might be looking at a situation where it's only the major tournaments, uh, mixed with some sort of extended PBA league competition. That's it. Okay. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm saying that's the way I would generalize what I've heard. So okay. essentially the, what rumor is, is that they might get rid of the PBA playoffs. Any of the, 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 the strike, the, that, the, obviously the flow bowling again, events. Like I didn't, speak, I didn't speak to specifics. Neither of us spoke to specifics in anything that we heard, but uh, that, that particular event is not something that I heard come up. Okay, Ooh, uh, Charlie, Charlie Charlie Tapp in the chat saying uh, that was a conversation piece on the fifty tour as well. Okay, so you know, kind of kind of uh, confirming a little bit of of what we're saying here. Uh, Jimmy so from the Ring talks. Ten, so saying less money. I don't know. That's actually that's actually one of the questions that I asked someone uh, that I spoke to on this, Jimmy. I said, you know, listen, I don't I don't have much of a problem. With that idea, I'll be honest, if and only if real serious money is then invested in that PBA league. And basically by making a PBA league team, a guy is guaranteed to make a good yearly salary out on the PBA tour. You know, even if that means you have to pay different guys, different slot numbers based on where they're picked or something of that nature. I really don't have much of an issue with that. This doesn't. But this isn't going to fly well. If this is the case where they do it, like we're speculating here, right? If there's speculation, and then you know they, you're saying what they do is they only go the majors in the league, right? 
this is going to not sit well with a lot of the bowlers. A lot oh, of you're, the bowlers. Oh, you're you're listen, you're alienating all the bowlers here. All the bowlers. Because the 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 Belmos and the Simos and the Tackets of the tour aren't going to be happy with this. Aren't going to be happy in a cha- with a change like this. How could they be happy with a change like this? They're already making more money than the other guys, winning more titles than the other guys, right? Then on the other side, the guys who are you know sort of the the middle of the pack guys or the or the bottom of the pack guys, they're likely not going to like this because they're the guys that might not get picked for a league team. And then where does that leave them? Where does that leave them in terms of their ball contract? I mean, if you're only bowling a couple events a year because you didn't get picked for a league team, uh, I don't know. It's, it's. I hope the speculation, in my opinion, I hope the speculation, it, it, it's false. I hope that they continue to run, you know, tournaments like the World Series and the PBA playoffs. And I think the schedule has been really good the way it's been. I, I mean, yeah, there's been a lot of bowling, normally more bowling than we're used to. Um, now, you know, like, look, when you have Bolero running things like anything is possible, right? Because when you deal with corporate America and you deal with a big, you know, billion dollar company like Bolero or whatever, how much money they're worth, you know, I don't want to get through, but they're a big company, right? They're publicly traded. They make decisions based on guess what, Mike, on the mighty dollar. And I've been in corporate America my whole life. I mean, I've been working and, and you're right. Listen, it's been a few years now. You know, let's not forget that. Let's not Mike. forget that Bolero. We'll get to that in a minute. Put put that comment down. We'll bring it back up. Whoever that Facebook user is, that anonymous post. Listen, we we talked about the same thing behind the we scenes. Did. So we we'll did. talk about that in a minute. Uh, but Rob, you know, uh, I forget. I forget what I was going to say. What Corporate America. Oh Corporate yes, America. it's been a few years now. It's been a few years now that Bolero has owned the tour. Keep in mind, they bought the tour before the pandemic hit. Okay, I think it was like that August or September because it was when the um, the league bowler thing was it was at Bolero Carolier and and Simonson won, right? right? So I remember that pretty distinctly. They had bought it just just around that time. You know, they've had a chance now to see what the bottom line is with this operation and what it's bringing to their company as a whole. You know, so if if it does go down this road, I agree with you that it's probably an indication that. Bolero is trying to minimize the bottom line impact of the PBA on Bolero. You know, now one other thing that I that I have heard rumblings of is that there's sort of a lack of direction or um, leadership, I guess you would say, decision making uh, on Bolero's part when it comes to the PBA tour. You know, keep in mind, Rob. You know. Say what you want about Coley, right? We weren't fans of Coley on on this particular show. However, being that she was the the, the PBA of the C or the CEO of the PBA tour, okay, and she was running that, and she also had an executive position within Bolero, I, I'm sure that her decision making capability was probably greater than whoever it is that took over for her and is the is the liaison between the tour and, 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 uh, Bolero now. So, uh, I have heard some, some comments about that from players about how, you know, it seems, it seems like there's a little bit less, uh, easy change of direction or even 
direction in general, uh, being that uh, there there's not that strong person from Bolero's executive team still directly involved with the PBA tour. Yeah, and yeah, like you said, I mean, we we did have a lot of you know criticism with Coley, but you know Coley was making decisions and high level decisions at Bolero uh, on the PBA's behalf. Now that Coley's gone, who's the person doing that? God only knows. Um, Bolero now has two years of financials to go over, right? Uh, we are in a recession technically, right? The economy isn't great right now. Um, you know, my company did layoffs. I know a lot of companies have been doing layoffs. So honestly, it wouldn't surprise me to see them cut out a lot of the, the tour events next year. Um, you know, be it that maybe they need to financially you know, make some some quick decisions to, you know, get their bottom line to be better for the stockholders and, you know, the executive boards, right? Because that's what companies do, right? They make decisions based on the stock price. They make money based on a lot of financial stuff that might, you know, not really take into consideration a PBA tour. Or who cares about the PBA tour, right? If it's, you know, sucking up, you know, dollars, then they might decide, but hey, like, I hope that's not the case. I really hope that they continue with the, the schedule or add events, you know, because that's what we're always asking for, more events. We want more, Mike, more, more, more. Um, Jimmy, Jimmy's hitting all the right notes here in the chat. First, he says, can't imagine Tom Clark signing off on this scheme. But Tom let me Clark add, no let power. me, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. Like, Jimmy, do you think that matters? Do you think that matters? I mean, they would they would quick as quickly push him out of the way if he has a problem with anything. So really, like, what what position is he in to tell them? Oh, it should or it shouldn't be. You know, if he doesn't rubber stamp approve it, it could, he could be the one out the door. Okay, and then he also says, "How sad is it that we don't know who that person is?" And that by that person, he's talking about who's the liaison between Bolero and the PBA tour, right? Because it's not Tom Clark. He's not he's not an employee of Bolero from from you know. It, it, speaking from a nature of where we came from, okay. So who is that person? And we don't know. You're right, Jimmy. And this is a this is a professional sports uh, organization, and we don't know that. We don't even know who that is. Uh, let's see. Kevin says, uh, Mike, how is the PBA tour shaping up then? Just the majors and a top a stop or two centered around the PBA league. That I don't have an answer for. That I, I can't tell you, Kevin. I, I honestly, I don't even think any of the players know. Exactly what it would it's look speculation. like. Uh, yeah, I think that this is this is something that's like, oh, let's let's spitball ideas and see what we come up with type deal, right? So who who knows where it goes? But what I am saying is that uh, you know we've definitely heard rumblings that these conversations or or these possibilities are out there. You know, so Rob, somebody in the chat mentioned it, and I said we would we would put it on the back burner and uh, and discuss it here. Is the ultimate solution here that there's going to have to be more than one professional bowling organization? Um, or I mean, or let, let me rephrase that: more than one outlet that runs high-level events geared toward professional bowlers. I I don't think it would hurt. You know what I mean? Because the look. The PBA bowlers would bowl probably both tours if it made sense. Um, oh, they want to bowl. Let's be clear: PBA bowl. bowlers will show up and bowl anything that that has serious money in it 
then you let them bowl. bowl. <laughs> okay? Right. You no. you put up 50 grand for first and you guarantee it no matter how many people show up, you're paying 50 grand for first. I promise you the same list of guys that you see on tour every week, you will see at that event. Oh, you know, the problem the problem in the bowling community, the, the reason you don't see that more often is because either they're not allowed to bowl, right? Or uh, the person says, oh, yeah, it's 50 grand for first guaranteed based on uh, 400 entries. Right. And, you know, you're not going to get more than 100. So, yeah, uh, it's it's going to be uh, five grand and no one's going to travel all over the place and book room for that. So, but yeah, Rob, I agree. If you if you put it out there, they will show up. They'll show up. It's a matter of one, finding a, a, one, a financial backer, right? Or backers or sponsors, right? That, yeah, right. Exactly, Jimmy. If, if, if somebody could fund it or, you know, put the money up, great. Um, but also there's more to it than just the money aspect of it, Mike. You know, running an entertaining product where people, you know, watch and come out and, uh, and, 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 and get behind. Right. And, you know, maybe they, they come up with some kind of like live streaming deal or, you know, you know, maybe a, a sports network channel that they could put on TV. But ultimately if the people show up, um, and there's, you know, there's talk behind it. Um, there's going to be, you know, Sponsors will come if the viewership's there and the people are talking about it and they're showing up. So, yes, like uh, I think a tour would be great, an, another tour, right? Um, but, you know, is that a pipe dream? Yeah, I, I kind of think a little bit. Really? You think, you think it's a pipe dream? I don't. I think, I think it's easy. How? I honestly How think easy? it's easy. I think. All right, let's hear it. Because like you just said, all you do is put up the money and these guys are going to show up and bowl. So yeah, but it's it, consistently being able to do that for like okay. you know, 15 stops. You're right. Yes, stops. for 10, 15 events a year. But, you know, you find the right sponsors. You know, you get the right people involved, you know. And and today, I mean, geez, I feel like it's it's almost easier to raise money to do things today than ever, you know, because you have access to so many people uh, on online. But you make but, it sound so easy to get the right sponsors. Like, it, it can't be No, it's easy, not. Right? But, I, like, listen. I'm not talking about me and you. I'm talking about somebody like Mookie Betts. Okay? Like you think it would be hard for somebody like Mookie Betts to to find a few sponsors to run 10 events that that all said and done everything is probably going to cost a million dollars. No, I, honestly, I think that's a drop in the bucket to people like him and people that have those have access to those kinds of sponsors and and are at that level. You know, clearly the PBA has never broken through that level. You would think Bolero would have access to that because they're a billion-dollar company. So you would think that they would have a relationship with a company like Coca-Cola or a, even a Paps Blue Ribbon, right, that's featured in their centers and say, hey, you know, uh, we need a million dollars to do this pro tour thing. Are you behind it? You know, and I don't know what, you know, we, we never know what the sponsorship numbers are between the sponsors that they've had over the last few years, like Kia, who someone mentioned or uh, or like Paps, but I wouldn't imagine it's to that level. But that's kind of the level that that if you can get it to that level, then yeah, it's easy. Then it's like you have the funds you need, go run it. And I think to certain people in the bowling world, that's probably not that not that far fetched, and it's not a pipe dream. Maybe to somebody like me or you, it is. I mean, me or you doesn't don't have a lot of connections to go out and find somebody who can put up a million dollars to run a competing PBA tour. But I don't think it's as as hard as as you're making it out to be. Yeah, I just think it's the more of the longevity of it. I think about like, 
you know, it, you don't want it to be the XFL, right? Where you just run it for one year and then it, it just kind of collapses. Like you want to find longevity. You want to find a product that people are going to, you know, want to watch. And uh, the bowling has a lot of entertaining uh, aspects to it, right? It's a great game, um, but it, it, there's also got to be some kind of entertainment factor to it. And, you know, I'm big on the entertainment factor. If you get the viewerships and you get, you know, viral videos to, you know, people to, I mean, you could get, you could get quick viewership and quick talk, especially the way today's age with the social media is if something you need a person, you need a personality really is what you need. Someone that's going to, you know, go viral and people are going to want to watch. Um, and, you know, look like, I mean, yeah, yeah see, I think, it's that, doable, I, think but, I think that's the point. If you, if you do your own thing, then you get to execute your own vision of that. 100%. Mike, just you know? give me give me $10 million right now. Let, let's put on the Ten million. tour. $10 million. You're wild. Let's make it $10 big. Million. How about All $1 I'm saying million? Is, okay, give us $1 million. Let me and you take over, sweep the rack bowling tour, right? And let's we'll do it the right way, honestly. I think between me and you and our connections and our people we know, I think we would be able to run a very successful professional tour, honestly. Like, it would be awesome. We, and the first thing you know what you know where where what my first call would be to DraftKings. That would be my first phone call, Mike, to DraftKings. Or right? or you know, people be surprised to hear me say this, or Barstool Sportsbook, or FanDuel, FanDuel, or uh WinBet, or 100%. Caesar Sportsbook, or you know MGM. what? Whoever wants to get behind us. Whoever wants to get, because one of those is going to say yes, they're going to want to get behind it and use it as as something that they can try out, you know. And that's what I'm saying. Like the, the, with all all these ads you see for these gambling companies, you're telling me that it's that hard for a, a, an organization like the PBA who gets decent ratings at times to go out and get a million bucks from a from a DraftKings or a FanDuel. My I'm sorry, bro. Like I I just don't think that that's that's that much of the case mike DraftKings and FanDuel would be like the perfect like flagship sponsor for the pba tour honestly like but besides them having the outlet to take bets live right and do the betting live um you know yeah like because having- what what they need is they need somebody like like us like an informed bowler sure. to sit down with them and say no no listen here's what you're not seeing what you're not seeing is that this is the perfect sport for in-game betting because right. you have time between shots. You know, there's so many different things to bet on. Is the guy going to strike? Is he not? Is he going to make the spare? Is he not? How many in a row will he throw? I mean, there's just endless bets that you that you could do. And that's what betters want. You know, it's also a quick show. It's only a 90-minute show. So, like, you know, they're in and they're out. They don't have to invest a lot of time into it. So yeah, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I guess I guess you could be right, and it could be like a pipe dream type thing. But I really don't think that it it, it, it can be all that hard to uh, secure that kind of money to to run something as a so, as a competing you know, product so, to the tour. So do you know who could make you know who could probably make something like that happen? Is somebody like a Sean Rash or a um, a Tommy Jones, right? Well, Tommy Jones. No, well, it won't be them. It'll be. Well, I'm telling it'll you, their, let me no, no, it'll be their connection. Connections. That's what yes, I'm saying. It'll be their connection. You didn't let me finish. You didn't let me finish. Get it. 
Yes. So what you do is you have Sean Rash, who, you know, is really good friends with who's the race car driver that loves Tony Stewart, Tony Stewart to get with Mookie Betts. Right. You get them together and you guys say, hey, this is what we need to do. Let's combine our resources to create a tour. And we're we're the bowlers. We can inform you on the bowling aspect of it. You hook up with the sponsors and let's make it happen. And I think you're right, Mike. I mean, it just takes the right people to want to get involved and not be afraid to maybe throw around some money, um, you know, on it. But I think we're on to something, you know. Yeah, we'll see. You know, we have we have to see what the developments are with the uh, with the uh, schedule yeah, with, for this year. The so we'll keep, and the we'll streaming too. That. There hasn't been even any talk of like oh, where the stream you. is going. Listen, if you're a bowling fan, get ready for the least amount of coverage that we've had in years. Okay. Okay. Maybe we'll say. have to create coverage. In fact, in fact, if if the finals are televised, they might not even broadcast anything. It might just be the finals, like old school, the old times, going back to the 1980s, when you you, you read the, the the results in the newspaper. <laughs> Remember, you'd sit, you go to the Saturday newspaper to find out who was bowling on TV. Nico saying uh, he thinks it's possible that the PBA next season streams only match play in the non-majors. I think, Nico, it might be only match play in the majors, two of which are run by the USBC, USBC so it would be on both TV, TV right? And then the other two I could picture the PBA streaming the match play. But, Nico, they're, they're not even really streaming the match play right now. The only thing they're doing for the for the events they're running right now is streaming the finals. So if the finals are already on TV, do you think they're going to be streaming anything previous to the finals? I don't think so. You know, listen, Phil Brylo and and shout to Phil Brylo. Let me be clear. Shout to Phil Brylo. He he has he has filled a gap right now since Flow Bowling is out and the PBA doesn't really know what direction they're going in with their streaming. And I feel like he's been a big part of why we've even gotten to see the finals of these super regionals this summer, because I'm sure there's not many people out there. And we talked to Mike Flanagan. We know there's not many people out there that are available to even do this stuff. But listen, Phil Brylow right now is is uh, is running a GoFundMe. If anybody wants to go and check it out and support it, you can look up his Facebook to try and go and live stream Parker Bone scholarship tournament. Now, I know it's a scholarship tournament. I'm, I'm not even talking about that. I'm not getting into that. But here's my point, okay? Uh, is that where we're at with the bowling streamers? Like, is that how little support they have that they have to turn to GoFundMe to to try and do what they need to do, right? And like, does that? And I'm just, I'm just saying, is that reflective of like the type of support that the PBA is giving these guys? Okay, so I don't know. My my hopes are not up. Uh, for this season, you know, and Rob, you know, I'm somebody that watches like a ridiculous amount of bowling. So, uh, yeah, it, uh, you know, it's going to, it's going to suck. It's going to suck. Yeah. We'll see what happens. There'll be more from us, by the way, all speculation. So not on the record on, on this, this is just all rumblings. And I have to say it again because uh, people are going to be on Facebook. Oh, sleep the rack broke news. No, we did it. We didn't break it. Nico's saying if they don't stream, people are going to lose their mind. But but are they? I mean, it's only going to be people like me and you, Nico. It's not going to be everybody because a lot of people, they weren't paying for it anyway. They weren't paying to watch it anyway, so they didn't even know it was streaming. They don't even know when it's on. 
I don't even know when it's on a lot of the time right now. Mike Wolf pointing out, I think in response to somebody's comment up top that, yes, the ball companies already do pay a fee to the PBA. Uh, and, you know, they, they don't get much back for it. Okay. Same. So, uh, anyway, you know, Mike, you we're ready? just speculating here. We're just speculating here. You ready for that? You ready to move on to the best time of the night? Well, we have a, we have a couple other things to get to. Uh, just quickly, quickly, Rory quickly. OT. Okay. I know, quickly here. No, I, I, cannot, I cannot log off tonight without recognizing that Tim Foy uh, won the Super Regional over the weekend. So shout to Tim Foy on that win. Uh, he's an Eastern Region guy. He's somebody that I see at a Greg Tack event once in a while. Uh, you know, somebody who I've seen over the, over the recent history of his bowling improve greatly. Uh, improve greatly. You know, he's been bowling tour events for a minute, and at first, uh, you know, he wasn't having much success out there. So to see him get to that level is is uh, is great. He beat Eric Jones, 17-year-old, finished second in this Super Regional, Rob. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. On his way to the finals, Eric Jones uh, beat two players. You know, so it's not like he uh, he got out there and didn't perform. He actually bowled a really good game. Uh, but yeah, Tim Foy, Tim Foy was able to get it done. Uh, it was, it was an excellent game that he bowled. I mean, he almost didn't miss the entire game. So, uh, 10,000 for him plus the regional title. It's a shame. It's not a national title. I feel like, I feel like it, it, it should be recognized on a little bit higher of a plane than, uh, than a regional title, but shout to Tim Foy on the win. I actually got to catch the stepladder. It was a pretty good stepladder. If anybody wants to, uh, go back and check it out. Uh, Anthony Nye, Anthony Nyer was in urethane it. Is just, is just, yeah, it was all urethane. Just, it was all, all urethane. Everybody, urethane. everybody was using a purple hammer. Uh, you know, so Rob, Rob was very upset about that. But there were two, <laughs> two, two lefties and two righties, I believe, uh, in the in the top four. So yeah, it was it was an interesting step ladder. Anthony Nyer was in there. You know, uh, I like watching him bowl. He brings the fire a little bit. So if you didn't check that out, you can definitely go to the uh, PBA's YouTube page and uh, yeah, the, check the it out. The chat room was a, the chat room was was on fire. We it was. Time on it the was. Chat. We had a good time on the chat. Yeah, we took sweep the rack, took it over. Uh, <laughs> team Team USA, shout to Team USA this week, com, uh, competing in I think qualifying for the Pan Am Games. Yeah. Uh, so you got um, you got AJ Johnson and Chris Prather down there. I saw that they won gold and bronze and singles today. I know they won gold and doubles the other day. And then you got Shannon O'Keefe and Brianna, Brianna Cote. Cote. Uh, and yeah, I know that they they won. I think Brianna won gold uh, singles today, and I yeah, believe they won gold doubles the other yeah. day. Yeah, she bought two ninety nine this morning. I saw a highlight. Um, I don't even know who they won against, like Costa Rica and Brazil and. Uh, I don't, I don't even know some of the countries they're they're bowling against, Mike. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's the highest level of competition in terms of these world events, but you know, listen, it's all, I am, it's always nice to see Team USA go out and assert their dominance over the over the bowling world. You know, even if it means that uh that, that the competition uh, perhaps wasn't at the super highest level, but you know, still still nice to see those guys go out and perform. So just wanted yeah, to shout sure. them out. Just for wanted sure. to give them a shout. Uh, all right, Rob, let's give the people what they want, son.
Nico's saying Canada's there. Is Canada there? Did you see Canada, uh, Rob? That wasn't one of the countries you said was there. Um, I'm just looking Canada's at some of the there. finalists. They might be. I mean, okay. You know, I saw, you know, by the way, I saw Dan McClellan bowling a tournament the other day. Speaking of Canada, uh, good to see him. I'd like to see him get back on tour. I mean, I know it's not going to happen, but man, that kid was good. Tours I don't think good. anyone ever realized how good he was. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, worst of the week, Mike. Uh, I'm going to go with my worst of the week because this isn't essentially a post by any individual. This is a post of uh, of me going on a rant, which I, I, I sent a tweet out last night, which seemed I didn't think was going to get as much activity as it did. Um, but, um, Mike, I'm going to vent for like two minutes. Bowling ball companies. And I'm not going to specifically say which one, but we could all figure out which bowling ball company or companies stop with the releases, the re-releases of the classics that we grew up with. Stop it. The releases of the, the power torques and the codices and all of the classic balls that me and you loved growing up as a kid and, and juniors and, you know, bowling as a, as a young adult that we have so much nostalgia on these, these, these balls, right? Remember the, the best times with these bowling balls. Um, I feel like the bowling ball company is using. And, and now we have money. Now we have money. So they now know we that, have money and they right? know that. So they know that we couldn't afford all these balls back in the day, but now we can. Here is where my biggest problem is. is so Jordan is, does. It's what right. Jordan Sneakers does. They know I yeah. couldn't afford those fours back in the day, so they cut, they re-release them now re when them. I have money and can buy them. Of course. But here's my problem is the fact that the bowling ball companies know this, and it's an obvious like marketing like strategy to write to like direct it to us. Like the, the target audience of the, you know, 30 to, to 40, 45 year old crowd, right? The 50s, right? That area. You got to be way over, got to be way older than 30 to be cool to see. Yeah. You got to be like, you got to right. be like probably 30, 36, 37 and up. Right. And they keep doing it. They keep releasing it. They, you know, they keep re-releasing. -re they released the Messenger now and they released the Power Torque and they released now the Coup de C. And, you know, they just keep re-releasing these brands that we grew up with loving. And, you know, these balls, and I hate to say it, right, but I don't think their balls are even close to as good as they were when we were like, you know, they're, they're probably okay. I mean, they look to seem they, they, they roll okay. But my biggest problem is, is that you know, come up with something new and come up with something that's, you know, different instead of trying to re-release the old. I feel like they're re-releasing like a, a vintage movie and this in the new movie when you release it is just not even close to good as what the original was. Um, I don't know. I just that's my I just have a, a problem with that because I feel like the Bowling Ball companies are kind of know what they're doing and their marketing team is just going, yeah, like, let's just, you know put the CUDA because everyone loved it and like make, you know, you know, or, or it, it just, it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. I'm done with my venting, Mike. Worst of the week goes to. And it's not the even the same companies. ball. Right. It's not, no, it's a, like, it's a completely, like, like it's, 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 it's an updated it. version. Yeah, and then, you know, like, and that's the case in all of these. And I yes, don't know. It's, yes. And I don't want to promote it, but it releases in September, uh, mid September. Uh, they just released it. Actually, my brother Jeff did. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, he doesn't want to promote it, it, but his brother did a ball video on it. 
He did. It's a good video too. It actually shows it rolling. And, you know, like I could get a good indicator of how it rolls by his bowling ball review videos. And, uh, you know, it, it looked, it rolled okay. Like it wasn't, it didn't really look special to me, but like the original Kudasi was. Lucas Wiseman, who I know is, has, is moved on to bigger and better racing and band type <laughs> shit. But Lucas Wiseman uh, had some salt for the ball companies on Twitter this week, too. He did. He and, did. Yeah, put out a tweet saying, like, you know, longer and stronger. That, yeah, he feels like every bowling ball uh, video says, you know, ad says the same thing, like, longer and stronger, better motion, you know. And it's true. It's very true. Oh, and well, honestly, we, we I don't even of think that for that, years. Yeah, I don't even think that like the average bowler can even even see the difference uh, in a slight difference in some of these balls, ball to ball. But uh, but yeah, you know, Jeff Fair, Jeff Fair, checking in in the chat, hey. saying that the same ball wouldn't hook now. Yeah, no, obviously, I've I've actually seen that Jeff where people have pulled out some originals, and yeah, they don't work like they used to. I have a, an original uh, Omega Lion sitting right behind me. That I've brought out uh, in the past and try and throw, and yeah, Look, the, I'm not, the balls I'm not that used argue. to hook back in the day do not hook no, anymore. No, but, but here's where we like, disagree, Jeff. You think it's great marketing, you know? We we think we think it's lame. We think it's lame marketing, whether I, whether I, it works okay. or it doesn't. Exactly, exactly. That's my point. Is look, Jeff, I'm not going to argue if it's a good marketing scheme, but ultimately, it's still a marketing scheme, <laughs> and that's the reason why it rubs me the wrong way. Okay, so. Uh, my worst of the week is pretty simple here. Uh, it's from the Hammer Bowling Facebook page. Uh, John Shelby, congratulations, John. You won worst of the week. Congrats. Huge accomplishment. Congrats. Uh, here's the post that won him worst of the week. And actually, not only am I going to give him worst of the week, I'm going to give the 19 people that respond to this post the worst of the week, too. Okay. So okay. 20 people, 20. <laughs> 20 people are getting a getting a worst of the week here in one, uh, one worst of the week. Here's the post that wins you worst of the week, John Shelby. Any recommendations on a spare ball? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I saw a post, Mike, last week, or it was like, any, any, you know, what balls do you use on the fresh house pattern? <laughs> I was like, any ball you want. Um, I, so I had so many responses. I saw, I saw another one. I saw a lot of people were just saying, "Oh, any plastic ball, any plastic." And they just ball. keep repeating it. They just yeah, keep commenting, yeah. right? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I saw one this week uh, about a guy posted a picture of his sauce hammer sauce ball, talking about how much he loves it and how much it's done for him. I considered that one. Uh, I had another one where a guy posted like a reminder about things to remember as you go back to, to restart Winter League, which I thought was just ridiculous. One of them was thank the center owner for any upgrades you might notice or pay attention for upgrades or whatever. Hey, so but, uh, send an email to Bolero Company and thank them for their $8 lineage and their, 12, uh, their, their $18 chicken tenders. No doubt. All right, give them give the people what they want, Rob. Hi, Rob. Well, yo, there's my guy, man. That's my teammate Tuesday nights next week, Mike. TQ, man. We're gonna we're gonna run the goal and they don't even know what's coming. They don't even know what's coming next Tuesday. TQ, um, listen, do us a favor, okay? 
check check back in with us in the chat each week uh, when Rob's given his league report, so we can we can verify the the accuracy of the detail of his league. Oh, report. so what are you All trying right. to say? What are you trying to say that I'm not? I, I don't. I don't. I'm not honest. I, I lie about stuff. No. Well, I'm you know, honest. sometimes sometimes the 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 number isn't as good as the number is. No. Let me tell you something. My league report is going to be more of all the stuff going on around us than it is actually me bowling. Nobody's going to want to hear about me bowling on the league house shot, okay? But I'm sure there's going to be plenty of activity because I've already seen a lot of chatter on Facebook. Um, dude, oh, TQ, dude, oh, he's expect, got some <laughs> – Expectations are high. Expectations are high. Oh, my goodness. Um, hey, special shout-out special shout hey, Sam Cooley from the Ring of Ten. All right, Jimmy. Hey, all I'm saying is my highest book average on record with 91 games was 241. Just saying. Now, it was an easy shot. Don't get me wrong, 241. But it's still a house shot. And it was only six on a pair. Ten on a pair is a little bit a little bit more challenging, I think. Um, so I don't expect to average 240. But, you know, two, hey, if I can get over 230, I'll take it. You know, we'll see, though. So I Nico in the chat saying that Jimmy's referring to Sam Cooley winning the Bud Light Challenge last weekend. I got to be honest, like, I'm not going to give that great of props to a professional tour bowler for going and bowling an amateur event when there's a $10,000 super regional Ooh. going on that Ooh. you should probably be at. You know, hey, nice Ooh. win, That's but uh, the $10,000 uh, super regional was in Virginia. State Lanes in, 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 in Saginaw, Bay City, Michigan. I think State Lanes is actually still um, going on. So uh, it was a Thursday morning league. Uh, Brunswick Inferno. Remember that one, the OG Inferno? Man, that ball was good. Um, yeah. So anyway, he did clear, Jimmy said, 19 grand in two weeks. You can't, you can't fault him for, take for, 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 for running with the money, right? No, no, not at all. But uh, all right, Rob, you got a final thought here? Yeah, um, just excited to start bowling this, uh, every weekend from here on now. I'm starting league next Tuesday. I'm bowling on the weekends. Um, yeah, I mean, just, to, you know, it, it, it's fun for me to, to be able to go and, and compete and uh, physically feel good. And, yeah, I, mentally I'm in a good spot, so we'll see what happens. Um, other than that, Mike, next week. You My final thought is going to be a little bit deep here. Kind of, I kind of been on this bandwagon for a week or two, but I'm gonna say it again. I'm really aggravated. I'm really aggravated. I am. I'm aggravated with the bowling community in general. I'm aggravated that my sport league is is uh, is, <laughs> is so, experiencing so you're much so trouble. Salty about it. <laughs> I am. I am. I'm very salty about it. And you know, you know what I'm salty about this week, Rob. I'm salty at the industry in general for validating what we all know is a watered-down version of the game. You know, maybe, maybe if, like, like this throughout this week, and I'm serious about this, throughout this week I saw probably a dozen-plus uh, social media posts about big series people have shot this week. Okay? And a lot of them are from the ball companies themselves. You know, and listen, I understand, I get it that they're trying to they're trying to promote their product, but I just think that it would be much better for the game if instead of doing so much promoting of the of the you know 
amplified scores if they found a way to promote scores bold on something, you know, uh, more serious or more challenging. And maybe when someone hits them up with an 8, 800, 820 series on a house shot, maybe they tell them, hey, listen, you know what, uh, that's good, good bowling. Uh, we're not going to feature that. We're, we're looking for stuff more on, like, sport uh, conditions, you know, stu- uh, tournaments, things like that. You know, not 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 your average uh, house series because, uh, you know, that happens on a super regular basis. You know, an every week basis, every league basis, okay? And, yeah, it just really frustrates me. It frustrates me that the whole industry, really in an effort just to make money, just continuously props up this, this – you know, watered down version of the game. Uh, at some point, the people inside the industry have to start calling it for what it is and have to start encouraging people to move to the other side of the sport. You know, even if they don't call it out for what it is, they have to encourage people to move to the other side of the sport. And that's it. Patrick in the chat saying, I'm going to take up cornhole or golf. I actually, Patrick, I swear to God. I was driving by a local golf course this week, and I thought, you know what? Maybe I should take up golf. Maybe I should start golfing again. Because, you know, hey, listen, that's a real sport that's, you know, it's it's hard for everyone. You know, there's no, there's no fake version of it. You know, if you want to get good, you got to work at it. But, you know, here's the problem with that, Patrick. I love bowling. You know, I love, I love this sport. I've grown up playing this sport. It's been a part of my life for a long time. So, uh, tough for me to do that. But, you know, finding the outlets to bowl regularly on sport competition, you know, becomes harder and harder. And let me say this. I should mention this because I'm probably not – I'm probably being disingenuous by not saying this. There is another sport league that's actually a closer commute to my house. Uh, on, but it's on Monday nights, and it's a late starting league. And my I, Monday night happens to be the night where I'm most busy with my kids. My daughter has soccer practice until 8 o'clock. And it's just very unlikely that I would be able to fit everything in plus get to this bowling league uh, to bowl, not to mention being out super late on a Monday night, and now I'm going to be you know exhausted for the rest of the week. So you know if I could bowl on a Tuesday and get done a little you know a little bit earlier, be home a little bit earlier, uh, you know, not the worst thing in the world, but you know we'll we'll see how things go. So uh, Rob, pleasure as always, bro. Always. Good luck this weekend. You bowling this weekend? You're bowling this weekend, yes? Yeah, the Arizona State Masters okay. is Sunday. All right, yeah. Good luck. Hit Thanks, us up man. on Twitter. Let us know. Uh, people yeah. should follow us. People should hit the subscribe button if you haven't already, please. Yeah, just even if you don't listen to us on YouTube, just subscribe. Like, yeah, hit the subscribe button for us. We would appreciate that. Um, you know, good luck. Keep us up on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter, especially if you want to see how Rob bowls this weekend. Uh, he's at Brook and Rob 11. I'm at the 215th on Twitter. That's usually where we're having our conversations at. Uh, feel free to email us, sweep the rack at Gmail. If you want to sweep the rack, uh, you want to purchase a sweep the rack uh, rosin bag, worst of the week rosin bag, hit us up. We got a new supply, new stock of rosin bags, so hit us up on that. And, uh, yeah, like Jimmy said in the chat, smash that smash that subscribe button, please. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, Rob, good luck this weekend. Have a good week. Thanks, you too, man. All right, later. Later.
You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. 